Welcome back. I'm Andrew Nargawala of Advanced Psychotherapy and Healing Associates in Creskill, New Jersey. And today is episode 15, The Joys of Solitude and Connection and the Power of Unconditional Self-Love. Some of the issues we'll be discussing in episode 15. What is the difference between solitude and isolation? Are we born to be social creatures as we hear so often? How do we achieve a healthy balance between being alone and being with others? How is unconditional self-love different from narcissism? Is self-love an endless excuse for bad behavior? When I was in high school in uh, prehistoric times, I firmly believed that nothing was worth doing that you couldn't share with someone else. I hated being alone. I hated myself. I had no happiness, no peace. I thought I would only have worth if someone loved me. And when I did fall in love, it was scary, disorienting, because I had no idea who I truly was and expected the other person to define me, to complete me. Of course, that relationship was a total disaster. It was born of my dependency, not true sharing, one of need, not want, one of desperation, not joy. The only positive thing to emerge from it was my knowledge that I was not ready for a romantic relationship in any way, shape, or form. It wasn't my partner's fault at all. I had to acknowledge that I was not ready and that I had to learn to love my own company first, to discover who I was and the difference between what I wanted and what I needed, and to realize a way that I could learn to love myself unconditionally. And I was able to do that, not immediately, but as the start of a psychological and spiritual practice that I continue to this day. In our culture, we are taught that being alone is an unnatural state, at best a holding pattern, a holding stage, while we find a mate. What's that Don Henley song, uh, this is the last worthless evening you'll spend, you'll ever spend? Or the old Sinatra song, the world is the same, you won't change it as sure as the stars shine above, you are nobody till somebody loves you. So get yourself somebody, wrap yourself somebody. It's a nice song, but the sentiment is destructive rubbish. If we can't learn to love ourselves and our own company, we will never be truly ready for a happy relationship or to actually be happy on our own without being in a relationship. Solitude is the state of finding joy and peace that exists in ourselves and our own company. It is a kind of mindfulness where we connect fully to the present moment without being bound by the past or in fear of the future. We learn to connect with and have a relationship with our core self. Our culture is not nurturing of such activity. In fact, it's hostile to such a journey very often. We are fed a steady diet of being told we need some kind of external to be happy. What we own, 
who we can have instead of looking inward to see who we really already are. We are taught without that degree, we can't be smart. Without that level of income, we can't be successful. It would be tough to sell a lot to someone who's already satisfied and who knows the difference between what he or she needs and what he or she wants. There is absolutely nothing wrong with wanting material things. They can bring us much pleasure, but there's something very wrong with needing them to demonstrate our worth, something very wrong with measuring who we are by them. If another person is one of those externals, we become dependent on them. We can't experience them as whole people, only who they are to us. It's the difference between saying to someone that you can't be happy without them, the, the Jerry Maguire line, you complete me, as opposed to saying you are happy and your relationship with them could make you both happier. Want versus need, independence versus dependency. That's what unconditional self-love brings us. People are often taught that healthy self-love is actually selfish and a form of narcissism. As we've said on another podcast, Narcissus looked into a pool and saw his reflection and fell in love. It's I love, E-Y-E love, or capital I love, cupiditas, not caritas, love based on image, not substance. Narcissism is a shallow love, image love. It's the difference between the pleasing blush and rush of romantic love and the lasting substance of mutual healthy relationship love that romantic love can grow into. Narcissists live in fear of their own vulnerability. They have no joy or no peace. They overcompensate in what they own or how they boast of their greatness. In contrast, those truly at peace don't need to prove anything to anyone. Narcissists fear being exposed as being wrong or lacking. Those who truly accept and love themselves know they can be wrong and are glad to learn from the lesson. It doesn't diminish them. It strengthens them. Narcissists have to find people to feed off of, to diminish others, to make themselves seem better. Those who love from healthy wholeness love it when others do well, and are very encouraging of others. Good therapy, whether self-therapy or done with a professional's help, can guide us along this journey of self-discovery and self-acceptance. We've mentioned in another episode how poets such as Wordsworth and Whitman celebrated their relationship with the natural world and with themselves. Whitman, for example, saw firsthand the horrors of the Civil War as a medic, yet he never let it make him feel bitter or discouraged. He wrote about celebrating himself and others, seeing the good in himself and those around him. I had a client years ago who was learning to enjoy her own time. 
She had a lot of trouble doing that. But when she first went to the beach alone, she saw it as boring and empty. Then the next time she said she enjoyed the sun. Then the water the next time. Then she gradually opened over time to the whole experience and joyed in it. She gave herself permission to relax and be at one with nature and herself. We can do that at any time and anywhere. Something I do in this vein is to take what I call urban nature photographs, finding beauty amongst the concrete and sprawl of the city, and then sharing those photographs with others, encouraging them to do the same wherever in the world that they are. Beauty, inner and outer, is all around us if we take the time, as Wordsworth did, to memorialize it, treasure it, share it. Isolation is actually the opposite of solitude. Just as you can be lonely in a big city with people all around you, you can be isolated with people all around you. You can feel a million miles away from the person lying in bed with you. Isolation is when we are not making healthy connections with the people around us. It's living in your own head as opposed to living in empathy, trying to understand what it is like, not just as if we were in the other person's shoes when we feel empathy, but what it's like for that person in his or her own life. So we're not just saying that we're going to put ourselves in that person's shoes. We actually try to imagine as best we can what is it like for them in their particular way. Seeing connection is a creative way to live, alive to trying to understand ourselves and others, knowing it won't be perfect understanding, but rather an ongoing, lifelong process, a joyful process, because we don't fall into the trap of perfectionism. Perfectionism is an enemy of happiness. It resides in false judgment, a false standard that no human being has ever been able to attain or will attain. So we see that it's not a choice between solitude and connection. They are poles that are joined, a dialectic, a multiplicity. We are both social creatures and in need of our own time in that room of our own, as Virginia Woolf put it. We all need that place. They reflect, these poles reflect the many-sidedness of life. Not just two poles, not just two options, but an infinite number of ways to understand ourselves and others. There's been a lot of backlash against the notion of self-esteem, a belittling and contempt for the concept. When we truly love ourselves, we don't diminish our sense of responsibility. We actually increase it. Sartre said, freedom is not, oh, I'm free. It's, oh, I'm free. It's an acknowledgement that when we are what the Buddha called awake to life, we are awake to all its facets, including human suffering on all levels, micro and macro. We, in fact, feel an obligation to help and support others 
on their journey from poverty to freedom from want, from depression to happiness, from narcissism to healthy self-love, because we know how sweet that joy is and how all people deserve to share in that state. It's like our love for our family. Our love is unconditional. The relationship is conditional, including the relationship with ourselves. If we truly love ourselves and those around us, we expect ourselves and those people to act in a way that is honoring and supportive, not diminishing and abusive. We learn to turn off the negative tapes in our head and listen to our own constructive but not destructive criticism. Remember the Graham Parker song, No One Hurts You Harder Than Yourself. We also put boundaries on those who are trying to damage us from their own place of unhappiness, and that can be friends, family, co-workers, uh, can come from anywhere. We have to put those boundaries down and let people know that we will not tolerate that bad behavior. We also learn, as we've talked about before, to avoid codependency, which means to take responsibility for the feelings and behavior of others. We face that responsibility inwardly and outwardly. We don't run from it. So it increases our sense of responsibility, not decreases it. Our journey starts from that healthy place, recognizing what the author Brene Brown calls the gifts of imperfection. Striving to be better each day, but never perfect, never better than anyone else, but instead to be our best selves, to be awake, as the Buddha put it, awake to life, to joy in life, to appreciate, to be mindful. Embracing the joy that is there for us, feeling and seeing the happiness and peace that are the longer-lasting underlying foundations that allow joy to burst forth at times. We are never immune from challenge, from our own suffering and struggle. We accept all human emotion and experience will be mixed, and it's sometimes very hard but we bring to those times a perspective and a grounding and a connection that underlies whatever tough things we are facing. We build a support system, personal and professional, so that we never fall prey to isolation, no matter what we are experiencing otherwise. If you feel bound by the past and in fear of the future, if you feel you're not worthy to be loved or to love, you deserve help to discover how much you truly have to offer in this present moment. You would want your child or friend or spouse to have that peace and happiness. What better example for them than to get your own help and embrace life's considerable joy and possibility. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's truly joyful to have this opportunity to reach out 
my own little message in a bottle to all of you around the world. Special shout out to our UK listeners who recently tied our US listeners in recent downloads. Not that I'm encouraging competition or just going by the numbers, but it was, it was heartening to see. I'm so happy that this podcast reaches down the block and around the world. And I so value the amazing feedback and suggestions that I regularly receive. You can leave a like or a comment, subscribe to the podcast, and you can write to me at amn91459 at nyu.edu. That's amn91459 at nyu.edu. Thanks again.